Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. If you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and visit with us, study God's Word with us, and grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. And you are always welcome. We simply try to be the church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. You can always contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Or you can phone us at 402-498-8397, 402-498-8397. And again, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. We encourage you to come and visit with us. We encourage you to go to our website, again, at churchofchrist.com. While you're there, scroll down the homepage to the podcast button. Click on that. It'll take you about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. Now, the use of our website is free. Our podcasting is free. It will always be free. We're here to help you get to heaven. We're not here to take your wallet. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be, you'll automatically receive all of our radio programs five days a week, search the scriptures. So if you miss one at some time, one day, and we know that even though we're on several times every day, Monday through Friday, not everyone's schedule fits into those times. So you'll automatically receive them by podcast. You can download them and listen to them at your convenience. You'll also receive all of our sermons. You'll receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, and a wonderful daily Bible study about 12 or 13 minutes each day called Today's Bible Class that touches on very pertinent spiritual and issues that are relevant and pertinent to our lives today, what we're going through, what we're dealing with on a regular basis as we live our lives in this world. So we encourage you to take advantage of our podcasting. And again, it's free. It always will be free. As you study with us, maybe for the first time, or you're studying with us for the first few times, our prayer is that you will quickly come to realize that we do exactly as the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We dig deep into God's Word, and yet we try to explain those teachings in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. Our prayer is that as we study together each day that your faith is growing and that you will ultimately make up your mind to come to God for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Him as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and surrendering to Him, being buried with Him in the waters of baptism, being immersed with Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. The blood that He has shed on the cross will cleanse you of all of the guilt of all of the sins that you've been carrying around through this point in your life. You will not only be forgiven, but you will be reborn spiritually. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. You'll be made new, as the, as the Apostle Paul put it, from a spiritual perspective. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Yes, reborn, made new, forgiven, Acts 2 and verse 38. 
saved. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. Oh yes, our prayers are with you and our prayers are for you and we really do pray for you. Now, this really leads well into what we've been talking about. We began in our last program, we continue today, talking about the eternal disaster of almost. I made the point that when you talk about almost about anything, that means it did not happen. You did not achieve it. You did not get there. When you think about almost getting that job that you applied for, well, that means you did not get the job. When you think about, I almost, I almost made it. Well, that means you did not make it. Whatever the situation might have been, did not make it. I almost got across the street before that car hit me. (laughs) That means the car hit you. You're in some sporting event and you're competing and you almost won the game. Well, that means you either lost the game or it ended up in a tie, but you did not win because almost comes up short. Well, when we're talking about our spiritual lives, almost is an eternal disaster. Almost saved means lost. Almost getting to heaven means you end up in the eternal condemnation and torments of hell. Almost. Almost doesn't cut it. We talked about 62-year-old William Hyatt, whose car broke down in the Mojave Desert. There was no one around, no homes, no businesses, no cars coming by. So he started walking across the desert. He went 22 miles. He crawled the last two miles before dying face down in the sand. He almost made it to Saratoga Springs and safety, which was just over the next hill, just a half mile away. He almost made it, but he died before he got there. We talked about the young soldier. True story. He fought for four years through horrific battles in World War II. He was there in Europe when the Allies won the war. He called his mother from Europe and he said, Mom, I'm coming home. (laughs) How excited he must have been. How thrilled his mother must have been. He had survived four years of war, battle after battle after battle. And now he was coming back home. Oh, he arrived all the way back in the United States and he boarded a small plane for Dallas, Texas. Tragically, that plane crashed. He almost made it back home, but he died before he got there. We think about the space shuttle Columbia, another example of the disaster of almost. February 1st, 2003, its 28th mission in space having spent 16 days in space on this particular mission, coming back home. Families gathered in Houston to welcome their loved ones home. But a piece of foam insulation broke off, damaged a wing in the shuttle, and the force and heat of re-entry caused the shuttle to literally disintegrate, and pieces rained down over the states of Louisiana and Texas. 
all seven astronauts perished just 16 minutes from landing safely. They almost made it back home, but they died before they made it. We could go on and on talking about the principle of almost, examples and experiences of almost. All of us have had those examples and experiences in our own lives. All of us know of other examples in the lives and realities of other people. Almost doesn't make it. And when we're talking about eternal life, almost means the disaster of eternal condemnation. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We choose the course we will walk each day through life. We make the decision, we make up our own minds, and we don't go down the pathway we choose. Nobody forces us. Nobody makes the decision for us. Nobody makes us go this way or that or take this particular action or to not take a particular action. Nobody makes us use the language that we use. We make our own choices. We read in James chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, how God does not tempt us. God is pure righteousness, absolutely good. He cannot be tempted by evil himself, and he does not tempt anyone, the text says. Oh, but how does sin develop within our lives? When we are lured by our own desires and enticed, And then when desire is conceived and becomes full-grown, in other words, we give ourselves into that desire, knowing full well ahead of time that that sin, that desire leads us into sin. And the sin brings forth death. Again, what Paul wrote, the wages of sin is death. In and of ourselves, by ourselves, on our own, there's none righteous, no, not one, Romans 3 and verse 9. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3 and verse 23. But God has promised that if we will walk with him in faithful obedience, he will walk with us. He will not allow us to be tempted by a temptation that is too powerful for us to overcome but with the temptation will always make the way of escape that we may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. So God assures us that if we will walk with him, we don't have to end up just almost forgiven, just almost saved, just almost in heaven, but ending up in hell, lost for all of eternity. We can be there with God for all of eternity, in the bliss and glory and the security of heaven itself. God offers us that opportunity. As James wrote in James chapter 4 and verses 7 and 8, we need to resist the devil, and he'll flee from us. We resist the devil by drawing near to God, coming to God his way. Now, we've talked about that many, many times on this program. 
We come to him through Jesus Christ. There is no other Savior. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 4 and verse 12. God sent Jesus to die on the cross as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Hebrews 2 and verse 9. Hebrews 9 and verse 27 and 28. Hebrews 10 and verse 10. And the list could go on. God offers us success but we have to make up our mind to embrace that success and come to him his way. Almost, when we're talking about from a spiritual perspective, almost is disaster, eternal disaster. Now, almost winning the baseball game, connecting with the pitch, hitting it all the way back to the wall, and having the outfielder leap and catch it before it goes over the fence, well, that's heartbreaking, but it's just a game. Almost getting the job that we apply for, but having it go to someone else, again, heartbreaking, but there's another job out there, another opportunity. But almost getting to heaven, and ending up in hell? And those are the only two choices. Well, that's eternal disaster. And there's no turning back. In Acts chapter 26, beginning with verse 24, we find the apostle Paul. He has been arrested by the Roman authorities. By this time, he's probably been incarcerated for about two years in Jerusalem and then in Caesarea. He has appealed to Caesar, and as a Roman citizen, he had that right. And so the Roman governor was about to send him from Caesarea to Rome. But before he did, he brought in the Jewish king, Agrippa, and his wife, and he wanted him to listen to Paul's defense. I'm not sure that the Roman governor ever really fully understood what the beef against Paul was about on the part of the Jewish authorities back in Jerusalem. And so he gave Paul a hearing before himself and King Agrippa. And what did Paul simply do? He just preached the gospel of Christ. When he got to the point where, in verse 23, he said that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Well, we know that Jesus died on that cross. He was crucified, a cruel form of execution. He did that for us. His father our God in heaven sent him there for us as the perfect sacrifice. But when Paul said that he rose from the dead, oh my, the Jewish governor, Festus, <laughs> he just could not comprehend that. 
And so in verse 24, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning has driving you mad. In other words, he was accusing Paul of basically being insane, crazy. The very idea that somebody could arise from the dead. What was Paul's response? He said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak words of truth and reason. Do you hear the calm voice of Paul responding to the charge of being insane on the part of the Roman governor? And Paul simply saying, I'm not mad, I'm not crazy, I'm not insane, I'm not beside myself. I'm simply speaking the words of truth and reason. For the king, and now can you see him motioning toward Agrippa? Can you see his eyes lock on Agrippa's eyes? For the king, before whom I also speak freely, knows these things. For I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in a corner. He's telling Festus, but at the same time, he is basically stating to King Agrippa, he knows that King Agrippa knows about Jesus, about the establishment of the church, about Christianity. And so he tells Festus, ask the king. He knows about these things. Jesus did not come in secret. He did not teach the gospel in darkness, in secrecy. He proclaimed that message openly. The king knows about these things. And then he addresses King Agrippa directly in verse 27. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, those who prophesied about the coming Savior, Jesus, do you believe the prophets? Can you imagine, can you hear the pregnant pause while Agrippa did not answer? And then Paul spoke for him as he said, I know that you do believe. I know, Agrippa, that you do believe the prophets. Powerful statement. Again, his eyes locked on Agrippa's eyes. Festus standing by or sitting by, taking it in. And then Agrippa's response. You almost persuade me to become a Christian. You almost persuade me to become a Christian. There's been debate as to how we're to understand what Agrippa said. What, his, what the sense of that statement was supposed to mean. Perhaps the tone of his voice, the body language. Was he being sincere in stating openly, Paul, you've almost persuaded me to become a Christian. 
or was he being sarcastic? Do you think you can make me a Christian in this one afternoon or this one hearing? The few things that you've been saying? Well, it's still open for debate. But Paul's response is not. Paul stated in verse 29, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether such as I am. In other words, my desire is for you and everybody else listening to me here today at this time would not stop with almost being persuaded, but that they would become altogether persuaded to put their Lord and Savior on in baptism and be forgiven and saved and reborn to become Christians. Oh, that's my desire, Paul was saying. Almost you persuade me to become a Christian. How many people have felt that? How many people have uttered those kind, those same basic words and sta- that same basic statement? I have heard that in Bible study with a number of men on one occasion. Almost. You know, if, if he would have gone ahead and been baptized, I was going to be baptized. Well, if you were going to too, I was going to be. <laughs> well, neither one of them was on that occasion. Almost, apparently. But not altogether. I've seen it in the eyes and heard it in the voice and seen it in the body language of different ones I've studied with. Almost, almost ready to make that commitment, to take that step, to obey their Lord. Oh, but they held back. Almost, from an eternal perspective, is absolute disaster. Eternal disaster. Let's study a little further next time. Let's pray together now. Father in heaven, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for blessing us with the ability and the opportunity to study your word again more closely. Help us to not only understand it, but to open our hearts to obey it, to humble ourselves before you and come to you and walk with you so that the devil will flee from us so that we can be forgiven and saved through the blood of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us, Father. Guide us. We pray this, please. Please forgive us, gracious Father, is our prayer. In Christ's name, amen.